0: We are in a series called "Together." Will you say that with me? One, two, three. Together, and our hope premise of our series is we're going to keep our families together. We're going to learn how to keep our marriages together. We're going to learn how to keep our brains together. Come on, somebody. We're going to keep the church together. We're not going to have split ups and all that kind of stuff. And so we started last week with teaching you the language of together. If you didn't hear that message, it has been rocking my world. I preached it, but the Lord gave it to me for me. So anyway, just throw that out there. It'll really help you. And then we, next week, uh, we're going to be, uh, this coming Saturday, rather, we had a great seminar this past Saturday where where we learn how to interact in our communication and uh, some really key pieces. I'm so proud of the woods. I mean, y'all did so good uh, with that seminar. And so every sa- uh, last Saturday, and excuse me, in this coming Saturday, is a free seminar. We call them seminars. And this one, uh, this coming Saturday, is um, is uh, PG-17 rated. It's going to be about intimacy. I want all of our single people to go to it in Jesus' name. Because y'all, y'all, your generation has learned all about porn, but you haven't learned about intimacy. Okay. And, uh, and so I'd like you to go to it if you could. Uh, it doesn't mean you have problems with intimacy by going to it. it just means you want to increase that. And uh, we've got a great couple of on that. And they have taught all around the nations, uh, nations of the world, about intimacy and marriage. And it's a great, great series, uh, great seminar. It's free to you 9.30, Saturday morning, right here. This coming Saturday, six days away. And uh, I really want you to go to it. I think it'll help you, help your marriage, help you pre-marriage. Come on, somebody. That's the best counsel I could ever give you. Well, but today, today we're going to be ministering to you on how to keep the family together. Isn't that good? Say yes. Yeah. Because it's Mother's Day, and we know who the, who the glue is, right? That keeps the family together is moms, right? But, uh, and so we're going to be doing that here in a second. But what I wanted to do, before we go any further, is I asked you last week, To post out on social media, your social media, anything, any... Points of wisdom that mom taught you over the years. And man, you guys really sent out some good stuff. It was just magnificent. And I want to read a couple of them to you today, as well as I'd like to promote hashtag cough together this week, since we're going to be talking this coming Sunday about couples and keeping marriage stronger and together. If you got any wisdom about marriage, we want you to tweet it out or you know, Instagram it out this week or something like that, and then put the hashtag cough together, and then we'll pull them up and we'll read some of the best ones like we're gonna do today in reference to mother wisdom that we were given for today's teaching. And, uh, and so let's start with the first one. Cindy Blanco, you are awesome, girlfriend. What Where'd Cindy go? She was right there. She left. Cindy Blanco posted out uh, mom, what her mom taught her was, stay grounded and humble. Always give God the glory. Isn't that good? Say amen. That's a good one right there. And then Gina, who works with us, she posted out, the, uh, that her mom taught her, the only thing you can change about the situation is yourself. Lessons Learned from My Dearest Mom. Good job, Gina. That was awesome. And then how about this next one? Let's see. Uh, This one was from Jonathan Pena. He wrote a book to his mom because he was trying to get some extra points there. And uh, he started with, in honor of Mother's Day, here is some wisdom from my amazing mama. Uh, There are only two people who will never leave you. First off is Jesus. Isn't that powerful? Who is our refuge and our strong tower? Whenever you feel like you can't, uh when you can't remember, he will. And then second, I love this good Hispanic family. The second people who won't ever leave is your family, sucker. So you better be faithful. Anyway, sorry. Uh, and she wrote, Is you, is this family? We were all we uh we were all uh we were all you had when you came into this world. And no matter what, where you go or what you do, we will always be there for you. Isn't that awesome? That was great great from the Pena family, and that was great for Jonathan. And then here's the next one that we got in from Paul Zinn. I thought this was powerful. He learned from his mom, L-I-F-E, live intentionally for everything. Come on, that's from his mom, uh, 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 Miss Zinn. I thought that was awesome. And then Ryan Wood posted this in one of my favorites. He, wrote, he learned this from his mom. If it's everyone else, that's the problem. It's probably you. That's the true Right there, Pastor Ryan, That that is a true statement right there. And then I love what Sabrina posted. She posted, my mom would sing this song every morning. She taught us to sing it with her. Best advice was in her actions. She loved, she gave, she helped, she always had a smile and a prayer to give, and we were always watching. Isn't that awesome? And I think, uh, how about this one from Pastor Sean, our young adult pastor? He, he posted this one, and this is what his mom taught him. Be sure to watch Uh, How a woman treats her waiter or waitress, because she will surely treat you the same way in marriage. Wow, there's a lot of power in that statement. Good job, Pastor Sean. That was a good one. And then uh, a friend of mine, Tim Cartwright, he's visited our church in Thomas Passes Apart. He's not with us anymore, but he, he follows us, and he posted this. Mother Day is arriving. Wisdom from Mommy. Don't tell dad. I thought that was awesome one right there. And then one more from Cindy Blanco because she just posted so much. And she's such a rock star for us. One of our best small group leaders, her and her husband. And she wrote, thanks, mom, for always encouraging me to celebrate life. Used to tell me to never take life for granted. And that with every breath I take comes an opportunity to share God's word and his love. Isn't that good? Give a clap for all those. And don't forget to post this week wisdom that you've learned over the years in marriage, wisdom points that you can give us all, and we'll read some of the best ones. I was going to uh, post mine that mom taught me, but, uh, but my wife didn't think it appropriate, but I'm the pastor, so I can say it anyway, even though I didn't post it. And that was, mom always told me, keep put the lo- toilet seat back down, or you're going to have to clean the bathroom. That was the one she always was wisdom for me. And so, uh, with that being said, I am so excited To have a very special guest speaker for us today on Mother's Day. If you were here last week, I announced that she would be ministering. But it is my honor and my privilege to have my very own mom, Lynn McCain, come and bring you the word today. Will you give it? Will you give a clap for my mom? Come on, mom. Thank you. Yes. Would you just stretch your hands out towards my mom? Father, I thank you. For my precious mom. I thank you that you moved to her and dad here just at the right time. As our church is just growing and we just need more folks to to help us love one another. And Lord, I just thank you you sent them at this perfect moment. Now Lord, as she shares your word with us, may we receive it well. Open our hearts to receive wisdom. Lord God, may we go out of this place today a little more full. May we leave this place today knowing that you were spoke through your servant and that we received properly. We thank you now and we anoint her and call her blessed. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen.
1: Love you, love you. Amen, amen, amen. Ooh, come on, moms. Look who's got the microphone. Come on. Mom's got the microphone. I have laughed at my precious son. I said, listen, be careful when you pray that your children become communicators and great pastors and teachers and evangelists because you will never, ever, ever get away from your past because everything you have ever done is in a sermon illustration. Can I get a good amen? And so it's, a, it's funny. I'm, I'm picking it at we've, we've shared our life and our story. We're an open book. And so it, I'm so thankful that I get to share with you this morning. Again, we just came so much to validate our moms, you know, moms. It doesn't matter if you're a mom, a stepmom, an adoptive mom, a foster mom. We've got uh, we've got aunts raising children. We've got siblings raising ch- their siblings. You know what? It's a different world we live in. And so we just come to honor all of you who are mothering someone, spiritual moms. Maybe there's someone in your life that you watch out for spiritually and just mothering people. So that that's today. We just want to honor you. And you know, the first thing I want to do is give great honor to my son, Pastor Adam and Pastor Jamie, and that my great family, my grandchildren are here who have planted this church and worked and dreamed and lived for God and done the right thing and put their heart out there to, to make this great church. And you know what? I think it's so awesome, but you know, you guys know Pastor Adam as the great pastor, yes. the great communicator, yes. the great evangelist, the prophet yes. to the nations, you know what? Yes. But I just know him as my son, hey. who I stayed up with all night long, who I had to rush to the hospital when I told him not to jump and jump, oh. make that Jump. and he said oh mama I can do it and he jumped and split his head open and we had to go to the hospital so that's how I know him isn't that great yeah. so today I just get to share a little bit of that because you know what moms where did they all start from where do they all get this great wisdom and anointing hey. you know uh, we, uh, hey come on it came from moms yeah. right moms, moms are the foundation we're the ones that pull you by the ear and say no 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 don't do that we're the ones that say Adam don't go swim in that pond to go get those golf balls I won't mom and he comes home <laughs> soaking wet and muddy all up to here. Did you go in there to get the golf ball? Yeah, but you see, I saw this guy hit that ball and it was one of those real expensive golf balls. And you know I collect b- golf balls to make money, have my little side business. So, you know, the mud's okay. I mean because he, we always knew he was going to be a great communicator. He was going to be the greatest pastor or the greatest TV, of, uh, a TV talk show host or whatever he was going to be. But I always knew he was going to be something that had to do with being an attorney because he always had the reason for everything that he did. There was always a reason. It didn't matter what, but there was always this giving back. Now you see, mom, my greatest excuse for going in there was because of this. So but so come on, moms, it takes a lot to raise a ch- child, doesn't it? Come on. So amen. So this morning, I get to kind of tell on him. I have some great uh, pics I want to show up on the screen because moms get to do that. And again, yeah. you know him as this great, handsome, hunky hey. pastor stands up here, you know, with this beautiful wife and beautiful beautiful children but see this is how we started now isn't that sweet and cute doesn't that just look angelic wouldn't wouldn't do a thing look at this one that's that was innocence that's before the swimming in the pond. now this one this one you know come on come on well, it was the '80s. Come on, we had to have the hair. This is so, this is one happy, happy, happy. So I'm just so thankful that I get to share a little bit on him. And uh, and there were some that I think we kind of threw out and said, now nah, we might better not go that way. But you know what? It is great to acknowledge moms because we are the ones most of the time keeping it all together. I know there are always some uh, some differences in the, that that statement, but most of the time it's moms. So today we're going to talk about you know I get the awesome. Privilege to talk about today about keeping our families together yep. and let me just say first off I didn't know how to keep a family together I had no idea I was raised uh, in a divorced family we had great dysfunction there was all kinds of messiness we didn't know how to be a great family we didn't know how to keep a family together I came from some negative examples and not so much positive examples so I realized when God gave me this great beautiful baby boy that guess what I had to change And I had to get some wisdom because here I am now with this child. And I have no idea what to do. I have no idea how to be a good mother. I have no idea how to be a good wife or a parent. I have no idea. And so I tell you, folks, what we share today is just from our own life's journey. So it will be a message, but it will also be more or less our testimony. And again, as I say, we don't have it all together. I certainly don't have it all together. But these are some great truths that the Holy Spirit showed us as we came and submitted our our life unto him and said here we are I tell I told I tell everyone the very greatest thing I did when I became a Christian was I looked up and I said Jesus I've messed it all up I've made a mess I've left all kinds of stuff but if you'll take it and you'll fix it and you'll repair it I'll submit it to you and we'll use it for your glory amen and that's what he's done I'm so thankful for that yes amen amen he is a great God he will take it and he will, he will repair it if you submit it to him in all honesty. We're going to start today, again, our topic is keeping the family together. Our key scripture uh, is Paul writing to Timothy. Paul was a spiritual father to Timothy. You know he had written two letters, first and second Timothy, to him. And in those letters, he's encouraging him. It was a great time of, of uh, persecution in the church. There was all kinds of things going on in the church. Church splits, all kinds of things. And Paul's writing to his spiritual son. Paul's sitting in prison. And he's writing to his spiritual son, Timothy. And and I love our scripture reference, 2 Timothy 1.5. And this is what Paul says to Timothy, his spiritual son. He says, I have been reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother, Lois, and in your mother, Eunice. And I'm persuaded now lives in you also. Come on, moms and grandmas. You know what? There's something that happens in our lives when we are able to transfer that to our children and our grandchildren. There's something powerful. I want to encourage moms today, again, like I said, that here, here Timothy is. And the only thing we know about Timmy's, Timothy's family in 2 Timothy 1-5, um, as I just read, but we know in Acts 16, 1 through 2 that Timothy's dad wasn't a believer. His mom and grandfather, grandmother were the ones that influenced Timothy. Acts 16, 1 through 2 says he came to Derby and then to Lystra where a disciple named Timothy lived whose mother was a Jew and a believer but whose father was a Greek. So I say to you, moms... I say to you, whether there's a single parent. I say to you, whether maybe there's uh, one of the the uh, parents aren't serving Jesus. God can take your situation and turn it into something good. He used a grandmother and a mother. I think so many times, so often. I don't know about you, but so often we look around in the church and we look around in different situations and we think, my situation's not like theirs. I don't have the same opportunities. I'm at a disadvantage because I don't have a believing father or I don't have a believing mother. But let me tell you, here's this great man of God who became a pastor. And Paul is telling him, you are who you are because of the faith, the sincere faith of your mother and your grandmother. We can take whatever God has given us, and God can take it and turn it into something good for his glory. Amen? Amen? So when I think about these two women, we don't know a lot about them. The Bible doesn't say a lot about these two women, but the one thing we do know is their fruit. On. How many right. of you have heard about Timothy, the pastor that's yes. written in the Come Bible? On. Amen? You might not have ever heard of Lois and Eunice, but you've heard about their fruit. Wow. You may not know me today. Nothing about me, but you know my fruit. Come on, that's good. And this is my fruit. Come on, moms. Come on. This is my fruit. God is a good God, and I'm so thankful that, that he allows us to bear fruit. Let's talk about how to keep your family together, how we did it. Again, one of the first thoughts that come to me is, number one, we modeled a sincere faith. We've, we've got to model a sincere faith. Looking at our text, it said that these women had a sincere faith. It was a faith that was sincere. What does that mean? Sincere means real genuine and without hypocrisy you know people we're looking for something that's real we're looking for something that's not hypocritical we're looking for something that we can attach to and say that's real I don't know anything else, but I sense that that's real. I remember one time uh, I started a small, uh, I called it Unity in the Community in the small town where we lived in Louisiana, and I drew all these people together from different denominations, and, and uh, we had the, the, the two nuns that came from the Catholic Church. We had the Methodist pastors. We had everybody come together, and we were, we were coming together to pray over our town. But there was one lady that put it out in the town. She says, I'm not going to go to that prayer meeting because I know that Lynn and I disagree doctrinally. And I thought, well, that's cool because you don't know what I believe doctrinally because you've never talked to me. But she thought she had an idea. But you know what? She came anyway to prove me wrong. I'm using this as a way of a testimony of sincerity. And she came to that meeting and she walked away saying, well, we may differ doctrinally, but one thing I know, she has a sincere faith in the Lord because she believes what she says and she loves the Lord with all of her heart. So, So, see, people are looking for something that's sincere. And... I think about, when I think about in our family what we saw that was hypocritical or could be hypocrisy with our children as we're raising and we're growing together in the Lord. Uh, Pastor Adam and Pop that's my husband Pop and I we're kind of doing this thing together. We got saved at the same time, became Christians at the same time and we became on this, we started this journey together. So one of those truths we learned about not being hypocritical was always being quick to repent. That's having a sincere faith. Be quick to repent. There were many times that Adam would come in and, and you know how life is maybe you've had a bad day you know we all used to wear the little bracelets what would Jesus do right WWJD anybody remember those 80s I think right and and, you know we were on this thing of what would Jesus do and let me tell you something as a parent as a friend as a relative sometimes you got to stop and say you know what I just need to repent to you because that certainly wasn't what Jesus would do amen and I, I, I tell I tell everybody listen I come from a long line of cabinet slammers Anybody know what I'm talking about? I had a mom that could slam a cabinet and rattle every dish in it. And most of the time, you didn't even know why she was slamming it. I'd come in from school or something was going on. We had left a a glass on the countertop. or We We didn't know. But all of a sudden, we knew we did something because we'd hear, bam, 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 bam. So, uh uh-oh, mama's slamming cabinets. Everybody run for the hills. But you know what? I started doing the same thing. Because you know what? If you don't stop that thing, you'll recreate it, right? So I'm slamming cabinets, and I had to stop many times and say, you know what, Abby? what you just saw and what you just experienced that was not Jesus that was me and my flesh and I ask you to forgive me because I do not have a right attitude you know I'm not talking about in parenting we know in parenting I'm a a strong firm believer in parenting where we say hey hey You know why you got to do it? Why do I have to do that? Because I said so. Amen. So there does come a time when we just say, because I said so. But as we journey this faith walk, this is what I'm talking about. As we journey this faith walk together, there's that time where we got to look at our brothers, our sisters, our parents. You know, teenagers, sometimes it's great just to go to your parent and to say, you know what, Adam... I'll just have to say something so good about him because I just threw him under the bus with his pics. But he was so quick to repent. And that's why he was easy to discipline and, to, and to, uh, to disciple as a Christian because he always had that. It was always inside of him. He was quick to repent and come back around and say, you know what, Mom, how I acted was wrong. Yeah. And I ask you to forgive me. You know, we can deal with that, right? I always said I disciplined attitude, not action. Because wow. sometimes our actions can be messy. But if we've got the right attitude and we've got the right heart, and it comes from a sincere place, amen, yeah. if, we, if we have a sincere heart. And so that's what we did. Pop always says that he learned the greatest truth with me. It was just to say, I'm sorry, I repent. And he said most of the time, I know what I'm sorry and I'm repenting for. No, what am I sorry and I'm repenting for? But I'm sorry and I'll <laughs> repent because it just works. I mean, if you know, I just be, oh, it's okay, honey. I don't even know what I was mad about. But you know what? Because you have a sincerity. Yeah. When you have a sincere heart. That translates, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. So we're talking about keeping families together. I think that's having a sincere heart. And the other part it says was that, that they, ha- they had the I'm sorry, I lost my place. But sincere just means to act the same way alone as you do when in the presence of others. Good, People are not changed by pretense, yep. but by something real. Come on. Hebrews 10.22 says, Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart. It seems to me that drawing near to someone comes from a sincere heart. Wow. If we want to be near in our relationships, if we want to have nearness in any of our relationships, it starts with our sincerity. Yep. Because I don't know about you, but I know that teenagers especially can read insincerity. sincerity. Isn't that right? Is that a word? Did I say that right? Yeah, because they can see if it's not real. Yep. And so we modeled realness. Here we are. It may not be pretty. It might be what we shouldn't have done, but we're going to be real. Amen. My my second point is they cultivated a living faith. They cultivated a living faith. Our first one was a sincere faith, model a sincere faith, and number two, we we they cultivated a living faith because the Bible says in that First Timothy um, scripture that we just read in our Timothy scripture that they that the grandmother and Lois, the grandmother and the mother, had a living faith. That's good. What does that mean? It says, I know that it first lived in your grandmother. If you want to have a godly family and to keep your family together, you've got to have a living faith. What, is, what does that mean? This is what I thought about. It's a faith that's lived, not just visited. Wow. See, because sometimes in our homes and in our families, we just want to have a faith that's visited. Yep. We want to go when it's convenient. We want to visit when we have a need. But what about a living faith that's every day getting up, every day having a trust walk with the Lord, every day forgiving, every day standing, every day seeking the Lord with all of our hearts? That's having a living faith. It's a daily walk. It's a faith. When I think about something that's living, a living faith is something that's transferable. It transfers. If it's dead... It will only contaminate. Yep. It has to be living to pollinate. Yeah, that's good. So if you're looking to transfer this faith to your family, to your relationships, to your friends, it has to be living. That's good. It cannot be a dead faith that's only visited amen we cultivated a living faith how do we cultivate a living faith one of the first things we did was we ran after god with all of our hearts we explored every resource available to us as i said we had started this faith walk in our families we're talking about keeping our family together and we together explored this faith walk. we explored every resource you know guys teenagers you'll love this this was before google this was before cell phones we didn't have any bible app What would we do without a Bible app? I don't even know what I'd do without a Bible app. What would we do? But we didn't have a Bible app. You know what I had? I had a Strong's Concordance. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It was about that big. It was about that thick. And it weighed about 15 pounds. And we had it under our arm. And we went everywhere we went. Because I wanted to know the Greek and the Hebrew and what those words meant. I wanted to break down that word of God. Because as I said earlier, I didn't know anything about the Bible. I didn't know anything about right living. But one thing I did know, that in that Bible, in that word of God, it held everything that I needed for life and godliness. Because I had read that. And so I began this quest, as we said, I explored every resource. We had vines expository of the Greek and Hebrew. Adam would come in from from school. He'd be wanting to just sit down and have a cookie and a Kool-Aid. And guess what? The whole table was full of Bibles and and expositories and things trying to learn the Word of God so that we could apply it and so that it could be real. He's just looking for a cookie, and I'm saying, guess what? You got a few minutes. I got to tell you what I found out what this Greek word means. It means that we're all fellowship and in the same place. We would just learn such great truths. And this is one of the things we did with our family. We cultivated a living faith. We, we stayed around the living. Not only did we run after God, which is, which is Hebrews 10, 38, but my righteous one will live by faith, and I take no pleasure... And the one who shrinks back. If you want to keep your family together, you can't shrink back. You've got to practice a living faith. You've got to walk in a living faith. Amen? You've got to cultivate it. It takes effort, it's a reaching, it's a seeking. It's a running after, as we said before. We were at every meeting. When I say we stayed around the living, we knew, Mike and I knew that we had come out of such great dysfunction and out of so, so, so many things that we had to come away and be separate. We had to separate ourselves from our past. We had to separate ourselves from the life that we had been living. And we began this new walk. We began to hang around the living. You know, I thought about this. People ask me all the time, how do you keep this hunger for God? Where does this hunger come from? You know, Miss Lynn, I've tried and, and I just don't have a hunger for the word. I just don't, you know, I just don't have a hunger for this. I don't have you know what I thought about? Have you ever been to the mall? We, we've been, we had a mall in Baton Rouge, which is where I come from. And you would come into that mall. You might have come there to go buy shoes or, or makeup or whatever. But as you entered that mall door, there was this smell that would start getting to you. It was this place called Cinnabon that was way in the back in the mall. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And you'd walk in, and maybe we would have just eaten this huge steak dinner. We weren't even hungry, Right something about the Cinnabon. We would start following the smell. Where is the Cinnabon? i got to have a Cinnabon. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And you know what? I think it's the same with our faith. The Bible says that we're a fragrance, that we let out a fragrance, right? We have the fragrance of Christ. And I think when we want to practice a living faith, we've got to surround ourselves with those that have that great smell that makes us hungry for the things of God. Amen? What are the results? What are the results of cultivating a living faith? The the results were Mike and I stayed married against all odds. Amen? We stayed married against all odds. We broke the generational curse. We decided not us, even though everything looks uh, promising and, and, and permissible to go the other way. Because we practiced a living faith. We stayed in our marriage all these years when we had every opportunity not to. We raised a godly man of God who came out of that home saying, there is something different. I do have a purpose, and I do want to go forward in what I know God's called me to do. And this is what happens when you cultivate a living faith. You know, I want to encourage you moms today. I just want to encourage you. You know, there's no way to be a perfect mom, but there's a thousand ways to be a good one. Come on. I want to say to you today, you may not be the perfect mom. You may be like me and have to repent a lot. You may be like me that had to go many, many, many times and say, whew, I'm just trying to get this thing right. And I've made a lot of mistakes. There's no way to be a perfect mom, but there are a thousand ways to be a good one. Come on. If you'll start today and just say, I want to make some changes. I want to do that better. And you watch God bless it and touch it and kiss it. I'm so thankful. But there are a million little ways that we can change. The third point is how to keep our families together. You have to exercise an active faith. An active faith. Faith. Ephesians 2:10 says for we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to walk in. One of the very first things that we discovered when we came into this faith wall in keeping our family together was that there was a purpose greater than, than we ourselves. That there was something greater that God had planned for us as a family in our marriage. That there was a purpose. And that is the thing when we began to see that it's an active faith. God created us to do great things for Him. And we begin to seek and say, Lord, what would you have us to do? Where would you have us to go? I tell people this all the time. You know, when we first became Christians, there were days I'd lay on the Bathroom floor, crying out to God, here I am, and I'm but God, use me, send me whatever you want. How many of you know you walked out a little ways and then you're like, oh, well, okay, and you just go back into normal living? Yep. I don't want to do that. Come on. I want to stay where I'm crying out to God, saying, Amen. God, what do you have for me? I'm your workmanship created in you to do great things. What do you have for me to do? You know, we engage the potential problems in living in active faith, we engage the problems. Listen. Pastor Adam, y'all know how great and how good looking, how fine he is. Y'all saw the picture. He's yeah. so fine. He's so good looking. I'm just going to say, look, he, he, he was the finest kid on the block yes. when he was 10 years old and had these cute little blondish hair. I know y'all won't, don't believe that. But he had this, And he was just, wherever he went, you know, he was just this chick magnet, you know, at, yeah. at 12 years old. I shouldn't be telling his kids that. But, uh, but, but all the girls, well, listen, all the girls wanted to know Adam. And so as we came into this thing in the church, look, all the moms would be calling me. I had a dream last night, and my daughter is supposed to marry your son. And I said, well, let me just tell you something. Uh, When God gives Adam that same dream, when he's about 20, we'll come and talk to you, Uh but not until. So I want to tell you, we engaged the potential problems because we saw moms, dads, parents. We saw that without some good spiritual training and background, we could be headed for potential danger. Can I get a good amen? amen? Amen. So guess what? We decided, we said, okay, this is what I said. You know what? So here we go, Mr. Popular, uh, cutie pie. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to start learning the book of Proverbs every morning before you go to school. But, Mom, I don't have time. I've got to get up and get to school, and I've got this, and I've got practice for this ball, and I've got this. It doesn't matter. We're going to learn Proverbs. You know why we learn Proverbs? Because there's all kinds of scriptures in there that say you will flee from the evil woman. Amen? Hey. And so I was, I was... Going forward and emphatic that we were going to keep him from the evil woman. And Miss Jamie says, Amen. Amen. Kept, him, kept him safe, kept him safe, Miss Jamie, just for you, Amen. But you know what? As I'm talking about an active faith, we prayed about everything, we, everything that was brought to us. We believed what we were saying, yep. right? We activated what we were preaching. When Adam would come in or, or the family would come together and there would be a need, we would sit down and we would pray. If, if the cat used to bring up little frogs on the back porch and, and she'd eat all their legs off and the little frogs would sit there, we'd pray for the frogs. We prayed for everything. We prayed that the cat wouldn't die from eating the frog legs. We prayed. I had a journal. I, I wish I had it here today. But it was. we lived in active faith. I had a, a, a journal that I started when we first became Christians and in that journal I took every family member I had starting with Adam and Pop and wrote their names and wrote the scriptures that I was believing for them and after we had moved overseas and we were missionaries for some years so all my stuff was in, was in boxes and stored but we came home some years back and I found my journal again and it's so amazing to read the things, the scriptures that I believe for Pastor Adam. I, I prayed that he would stand in the assembly of God and declare the righteousness of God in Christ, that he would walk after the ways of the Lord, that he would follow the ways of Lord, that he would he would be blessed and prosper, that he would prophesy, that he would speak words of wisdom, that he would teach. How many of you know my prayers came through, didn't Come they? On. I prayed over his potential wife, that she would be godly, and that she would love God, and that his children would rise up and call him blessed. We prayed. We prayed for everything. We believed God for everything. And I found that little journal with the little yellowed pages, and it, and it's such, such an honor and privilege to look back and to know that we believe God, we still believe God, and we still pray those prayers. It was an active faith. We prayed. We engaged the potential problems. We prayed about everything. And we also ministered to others. Our whole household, you know that Pastor Adam has such a strong vision and desire for small groups. Where did that start? Do you know where that started? He's told you this before, I'm sure. It started in our living room. Because every time he would come home from school, there would be someone, a neighbor, a relative, someone that knew that we had this active, living faith. And they said, how do you do what you do? Why is your marriage okay? Why is your child okay? Why is this situation okay? And we'd sit and tell them, no, it hadn't always been okay. It's been a mess. But we want to tell you what happened when we gave our lives to God and when we said, here it is, Lord, take us and use us. And we included Adam. Our family, as a family, we prayed. I, Adam's children know how to pray. Adam's called me, Pastor Adam, and Miss Jamie called us many times when Pop was having knee surgery or something. And all the kids would get on the phone or, on the speaker, or with the speaker on or, or FaceTime or whatever we do now and pray over Pop because we teach our children an active living faith. That this thing is real. It's not something we put on today and take off tomorrow. Right. It's something that we live. It's, it, we minister to others out of Ephesians 2.10. Lord, what do you want me to do? Because you know what? We found out that it wasn't just about us getting our sins forgiven. Yep. It wasn't just about us drawing a line in the sand and walking out of dysfunction. It was so much greater than that. It was about you and your life and what that means to you, how we can share our life with you. And again, that's why that sincerity needs to come forward in our families that our families see, our family members and our relationships see that this thing is real. Amen? And our fourth point, as I just want to end, we're talking about how to keep your family together. We talked about a sincere faith. We talked about an active faith, a living faith, and an active faith. And now we're going to talk about a contented faith. You know, the Bible says in Philippians 4.12, Paul is writing here and he says, I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. He said there's a, a contentment, there's a secret when we find that contentment. Not always wanting to be somewhere else, with someone else, with somebody else's kids. Not my kids, not my husband, not my mom, not my dad. But there's a secret. Where we're able to look at our own life and say, God, I'm contented here. You know, there were many times we traveled overseas. We traveled all over. I'd wake up in a different city, a different town. I wouldn't know where I was. I'd wake up and I'd say, now, am I in America or am I in Yugoslavia or where am I? And the Lord said, I want you to be content right here where you are, with who you are, because I'm here in the midst. There's a secret of being content. Paul was in prison. He said, I've learned that secret of being content with whatever I have. I think that there's a strong enemy to our contentment, especially in the world today. I think there's so many opportunities for us to jump ship, jump the fence, go another way. I know we've all been tempted, and I've done it. We've had things in our life where I've made wrong choices. I've not been contented. And I, I've created some Ishmaels in my life. Amen? I know maybe some of you have too. But you know, there came a time when God spoke to me about, I want you to be contented where you are. You know, as we became a Christian, there were many times that um, I, I began to look at my husband, my family, wishing they were somewhere, someone and somebody else. I used to say to Pop, well, why don't you talk like the pastor? Why don't you dress like the pastor? Why don't you look like the pastor? I used to have, does anybody know what cassette tapes are? Anybody remember cassette tapes? Am I, am I dating myself? Come on, come on, somebody help me here. I know y'all remember them, the little cassette tapes, and you punch it in. Well, we used to get our sermons that way. And so I would take those little cassette tapes, and I would put it where the pastor's preaching on what the husband's supposed to do and how he's supposed to be this and how he's supposed to be that. I know none of you guys have ever thought this way. So I'm just going to be real and tell you I thought that way. So I would take that little cassette tape, and I'd plug it in his truck, and I was hoping that as he turned it on, you know, to go to work, he'd hear the pastor say, And son of God or man of God, this is what you need to do to raise your families, right? And so, uh, but you know what? I, that would be the day he didn't even turn the road. I'd say, oh, how was your ride to work? Good, good. Did you listen to anything? No, just roll along. Just roll along in silence. So, See, that didn't work. The, all my manipulation didn't work. But when I submitted it unto God, but there was a time when God showed me we were standing in a service and it was the offering part of the service. Not, not a real spiritual part. Nobody was preaching. The music was going. They were coming down and bringing the offering like you do here. And right at that moment, I'm sitting in this great Big church, and I've never had this happen before or since. But immediately I saw a picture, I saw an image, I saw a vision it, it, right, right, in, right in my eyes. And I looked, and it was my husband, it was Mike, it was Pop. And he was bleeding, there was blood coming from his face. He looked like he'd scratched, like he was all scratched up, like he'd been in some kind of accident. And I said, Lord, are you showing me that something's going to happen? What is this? What does this mean? And I heard the Lord say as clearly as I'm talking to you. He said, no, that's what you've done to him. And I said, Lord, how have I done that? He said, because you've been trying to beat a square peg into a round hole. You've been trying to make him something he's not because you're not contented because you don't have contentment in your heart. The Lord spoke to me and he said, I want you to accept him just as I have accepted you. You're not perfect. You're not where I need you to be yet. But I accept you right where you are today. And I went home that day broken. And I I said, I I didn't mean to. My heart was right. I thought it was my job to make everybody like I needed them to be. Because I wasn't content. Sometimes we think it's our job to make our children, our husbands, our relatives, our relationships who we think they need to be. And the Lord's saying, if you'll just let it go, I got this. And I went to Papa and I sat at his feet and I said, Would you forgive me for not accepting you just the way Christ accepts me? And he began to weep, and he said, I just wanted you to let me be me. Just let me be me. And I said, I will let you be you. And from that moment, it seemed like that was a defining moment where our family did turn around. Because as long as I was discontented, the Lord couldn't move. And so I submitted that to him in that area is what I mean. I submitted that to him, and he, he... He turned it around. Mike and I were at a meeting one time sitting on the edge of the seat. And a little prophetess lady came down the the side of the aisle. And she turned and she pointed to me and Pop. And she said, I put you together for my plans and my purposes. You know, there are many times we struggle with that. And I think that's a foundational root of not keeping our families together. Because we're not sure. We allow the enemy to lie to us that maybe there is something different, something better Maybe you're really not supposed to be together. As I said before, we've made all the mistakes. But you can start today by drawing a line in the sand and saying, Today, I'm going to start making right choices. Because the Lord spoke to my heart. and He said, Choose your love and love your choice. That's what we do today. God's given us the greatest, most dangerous gift. It's called choice. It's called free will. He allows us to make that choice. But how many of you know We've got to start making right choices. We've got to start saying, God, what do I need to do to keep my family together? What better choices could I make in my relationships? What better choices could I make in my life? I believe today that we're ready to make some godly choices. As I said today, staying together is a choice. I I became, I was a single mom. I was an unwed mother at 16 years old. I did not know how God could take that and change it around. As I said before, I came to him and said, here I am now. I've got this precious, precious baby at 17 years old, a single mom. Didn't know what to do, didn't know how to do it. But I came and I laid myself at his feet. And I said, if you will take this and you will change it around. And how many of you know he has done that? He has taken our mess and he has made it into something beautiful. He's made it into something productive. He's made it in something eternal for his plans and purposes. But we decided, I decided at 17 years old that I was going to keep my family together. It might have been just me and Pastor Adam, me and Adam, but it was going to be. We were going to stay together. Y'all, I used to sing this song to him. It was the 70s. You have to bear with me. But it was me and you against the world. It's going to be me and you against the world. That might not have been the right thing to say, but that's what I said. And I said, we're going to keep it together. If it's just me and you, we're going to do this thing right. And then God brought Pop into our life, and we married Pop and became a beautiful family. I always say, we married Pop. We married Pop because he had to have Adam's uh, permission first. (laughs) Pop always says the first time Adam met him, he kind of punched him like, I don't like you. Uh, And Pop was like, that's okay because I'm going to win your heart Uh, because I love you. And one time I told Pop, you know, I'm not sure about all this love thing, and I love Pop. Pop said, you know what? I got enough love for all of us because that's who Poppy is. Amen? Amen. I had to share that a little bit. So today, as we get ready to close, I, I, I just, I'm just i so thankful that we were able to share and encourage mothers, encourage families, and keeping our families together, keeping our families walking in sincerity, keeping our families walking in a living and active faith, and keeping our families walking in a contented faith. And it starts with us. Amen. Would you stand with me, please, as we go to close? I pray this morning that something ministered to you and to your heart. Again, as I said, there's this great opportunity for you to change things today. To change things today, to make those changes that you need in your own life. There may be some people that you need to accept. There may be some people that you need to go to and say, Would you forgive me? Let me be more transparent. Let me be genuine in my faith with you. Let's just pray together this morning. Would you close your eyes and bow your heads? Father, I thank you today. I thank you for, for the word that you've put in our hearts. Father, I thank you that you've allowed us to share the testimony of our family and how we believe there are some truths that are unchangeable, God, that there's some truths that we live by. So, Father, I pray today for those that would say, I hear you, but I've not been able to do that. You don't know my situation. Father, I pray right now that today they would have hope that no matter how desperate the situation situation is or has been, that they could change it starting today. Father, I pray for your anointing. I pray for your blessing on each person that's here today. That Father, that we would say God, here we are. Use us. Father encourage us. Stir us up. Stir up our faith. Stir up us to action. God, help us to be that light. Help us to have that genuine sincere sincere faith. God draw us to those who are alive and not dead. Father, for those of us who've been hanging around the dead. Father and all we've gotten was contaminated. Father, I pray today that we would come out from amongst them. And God, that we would join with the living and so that our faith could be pollinated all over this world, Father. We thank you for it today. We thank you in Jesus'
0: name. Come on, would you just keep your head bowed for just a moment? I want to just give a call to anyone in this room. Maybe your life is full of discontentment because you don't have a a real faith. You don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. I've been there. We've all been there. And today I want to just reach out to you, the Lord's reaching out to you, you don't have to leave this place the way you came in, in fact I always say it like this of all the brands of the world better than the golden arches better than that little apple with a bite out of it the greatest brand in the history of humanity is Jesus on that cross with his arms stretched out wide always welcoming us back, so I've gone too far I've done too much, nope He branded himself on a cross so that you and I could always know there's no sin too great, there's no distance too far, that he will not cover, that he will not run through to get a hold of you. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to give you an option today. Would you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Are you away from him? Would you like to come home? You say, well, Pastor, what do I got to do? I always remind people, this is a great part of this whole thing. He did it all. He did it all. He prepaid the whole account. Every one of your sins, are already pre, they, it's already been paid forward. The account is all of your sins that you've committed in the past that you'll commit in the future have been prepaid. He already did all that 2,000 years ago. He said, well, what do I do? Well, I'm glad you asked. The Bible says, confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that he is the Christ, the son of the living God, and he will forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. As you stand here with your head bowed and your eye closed, if you're away from God, All you got to do is receive him today. All you got to do is ask him into your life. And the Bible says it very clearly that he will then send his Holy Spirit who will train you and teach you. Because you're sitting there thinking, well, if I make a decision for God, I'm just going to go back to my old ways. No, you won't. Because the Spirit of the Lord is going to lead you out of that. He's going to give you strength to overcome the things that used to pull you back into the wickedness that you're ashamed of. Today is a day of change. Today, on this beautiful Mother's Day in 2017, is a day of transformation for your life. With no one looking around, with every head bowed and every eye closed, this is your moment to respond to the Lord. If you're away from Him and He's tugging at your heart and you see that picture of His arm stretched out, welcome you home. This is your moment to respond. I'm not going to call you forward. I'm not going to embarrass you. This is me, you, and Jesus. You're making a decision for Jesus. And all of heaven is sitting on the edge of their seat. Will she do it today? Will she respond to our Lord? Will He do it? Or will He push Him away again today? Friend, don't push the Lord away. This is your moment. No one's looking around. If you're ready to receive Christ, if you're ready to make Him the Lord of your life, no one's looking. Would you just throw your hand up right where you're at? I'll pray with you. I won't embarrass you. God bless you. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, sir. God bless you, sir. Anyone else? Pray for me, Pastor. It's time. I'm ready to make a decision for Christ. Anyone else? Slip it up, put it back down. Thank you, sir. I saw your hand. Thank you. I see you right there. God bless you. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you for being real and and, 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 and integrous. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. I see your hand. Is there anyone else? Pastor, I don't want to miss out. This is my moment. I'm ready to change. God's 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 uh, got me in right there in the palm, and I'm ready, ready to respond. Two more seconds. Anyone else? Two, one. Amen. All hands are down. I'm going to lead you in this prayer, a prayer of repentance. There's nothing magical about the words. What's supernatural is that you responded to God just now. He's been pulling on your heart for some time. This didn't just happen today. God's been working on you. He saved you. Some of you should be dead right now. You know it's true. You should have OD'd that time, but God did it in a miracle. You should have crashed that car. I don't know how you survived it. It was the angels of God. But so this moment, you can make a decision so you can spend eternity with him, not in eternal darkness. And so with every head bowed and every eye closed, those who lifted your hand, I'm going to lead you in this prayer. In fact, I'm going to get everyone in the audience to pray it out loud with you so you're not by yourself. Say it like this. Say, Jesus, no, out loud. Jesus, today, I admit I'm a sinner. And I ask you now to forgive me of my sins wash me clean in front of all these people in front of heaven and all the earth I decide here and now Jesus is my Lord I ask you to fill me with your Holy Spirit write my name in your book of life and I promise to serve you all the days of my life in Jesus name keep your head bowed for a moment Father I pray for every man and woman who lifted their hand Lord I pray right now the peace of God would just overwhelm them. That they would know that it's, it's, it's something shifted. It's different. That they can walk out of this place today knowing that they are right with you. They may not be perfect. We're not talking about perfection. We're talking about a right relationship with you. And they've prayed that prayer. They've accepted you into their life. And Lord, I thank you. Every other lie is routed right now and destroyed. They are yours. They belong to you. They are your sons and daughters now. And you forgive them. And the peace that surpasses all understanding will now guard their heart and their mind through Christ Jesus. And we call this a so in Jesus' name. Would you reach over and grab the hand of that person next to you? We've got about 60 seconds left in this service, and I want to I want to pray for one another. I want to be a church that stays together. Will you pray that with me? I want to have families that stay together. Will you pray that? I want to see marriages that stay together and friendships that stay together. And that the enemy won't get in there. And we'll learn from these lessons today. Would you pray with me for that person on either side of you? Most of you are standing by your family. Would you pray over your own family that it would stay? together. Father in Jesus name we thank you for the name that's above every name the Lord that we serve keeps it all together when the world is falling apart Jesus keeps it together. When all the things are going, going awry and it seems like the earth is going awry and, 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 and it's being destroyed you keep us together and we pray you keep our families together we pray Lord God that we would be sincere that we would be active and living in our faith and that we learn to be content and not keep looking over to the other side oh I wish I had that one. I wish my husband did this I wish my wife did that. I wish my small group did this i wish my friends were more like this father i thank you that you are going to help us to stay the course to serve you and to have families and households that stay together in jesus name and everybody shouted amen and amen can we give the lord a hand